0: Thanks for listening to the show. Join us online at playvolutionhq.com and learn how to support the show at explorationsearlylearning.com slash support. Grab your highlighters. Can't find them? They're probably right there in your pocket protector. It's time for that early childhood nerd podcast. Let's get nerdy.
1: Heather! Welcome to another episode of That Early Childhood Nerd. I'm Heather Burnt, and today I'm joined by Michael Ruza, um, and he's going to tell you about himself here in just a minute. But we, um, I think not too long ago you sent me a message um, just saying that you would like to talk on the podcast and sent me like a bunch of quotes that were great. <laughs> so we've picked one to start I with. Remember, remember sending one. <laughs> I remember sitting and going, maybe they said too much. You oh, said a God. lot, but they were all good. No, it was great because I think you know I'm not above a good quote about early childhood. So um, so tell them what you want them to know about you before we get talking about the quote.
2: Okay. Uh, well, I have been in the early childhood field since about 90, 96, so about a t- little over 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I have my masters in early childhood. I I'm one of the only I think I'm one of the only only guy I've ever come across in at least in the last five years or so, when since the master's program has been available, at least in New York and Connecticut, who has? Yes. And every time, I also teach for the Red Cross, and the nice thing about that is that they have in Connecticut a specific class for early childhood teachers that uh-huh. they have to take. And every time I run across another male in the field, <laughs> like, last time I took
1: an Instagram picture. <laughs> like, See,
0: there's another one. <laughs> right,
1: it's not just me. Yeah. Um, so, like, well, and, so we'll have to bring you in maybe too to the conversation because you know we did a episode with. Travis and um, David Kahn about yes. being a man working in early childhood. And I think that's something we could keep exploring. So I'm just,
2: I actually, I was actually, I was just listening to, I found another podcast from Haha ha mama, I think it is. Uh-huh. And they had um, Soren. Oh God, I should have to look up his name. Soren Hall or something like that. He's um, he's an infant toddler specialist out of Denver, Colorado. Uh-huh. And he, he did this um, early male story in you know, this um, and he, I think he's going to produce an article out of it, uh, men in the early childhood field. Not to so much advocate for more men, uh-huh. the, but supporting the men in the field. Right. And I'm not sure how he got a hold of me. I think he saw a blog I did because I wrote one about a year, a couple of years ago, about you know asking the question, why do we necessarily need more men in the field? Right. And like, as it, that's, that's going to magically add some validity to it like, why isn't there validity to it already?
1: Exactly. And that's kind of where, where we were going with it. You know, we started it as, let's talk about the hardships you fellas face in the field. And it turned into, you know, just adding more men isn't going to solve all the problems.
2: Right. I, I, like, I, I, I almost <laughs> think I started the blog going, this is probably going to get me kicked out of the mail club or something. <laughs> right. I'm like, I mean, right. I heard it constantly. I don't, I'm yeah. not even sure what made me think of it, but I just wrote it one day. Something I read something somewhere or something, and yeah. I'm like, Why do we think that suddenly, you know, it's like thinking, oh, if I hit the lottery, I'm suddenly, my life's suddenly going to be better. Right. Yeah. Well, my feminist heart thinks too. (laughs)
1: <laughs> My feminist part oh, thanks, like,
2: How about we just make the men in the field more comfortable, and then if right. we want more men in the field, we create some balance, and that'll naturally happen. Right, you
1: know? right. We're not
2: going to go, hey, you know what? You're a male. Come, you have to join the other times for a while. just because you, we need you were it. born with different set of equipment <laughs> <Yeah>. than <laughs> that other person next to you, so get over here.
1: Right, so you, <laughs> you know? add something different, whatever. Okay. It feels
2: like like it? <clears throat> you play kickball in elementary school, oh, great. we have to pick him. He's the last person to last, or he's a guy we need to balance out the teams. I'm like...
1: Like, that just seemed ridiculous. I have so much kickball baggage. I can't even <laughs> tell you. As a child who was tiny, unathletic, and female.
2: Touchball yeah, well, and
1: kickball kicked my ass.
2: I was a much a <laughs> sports fan growing up. My, but my father, I think my father thought that, well, you're a boy. You should. Uh, it's the yeah. like, same kind of concept. I mean, I remember him coaching Little League and going, you don't even watch baseball. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's part I'm Like You
1: even know keeping his man well, card even
2: up to date. You yeah. watch sports other than the little kids trying to hit a ball that they probably have no you know skills doing. Right. I, I never see you yeah, watch baseball. Yeah.
1: My son played t-ball very briefly, and I promise, guys, we're going to get to the quote. But my <laughs> Curtis played va- or t-ball very briefly, and all he was interested in was sitting in the dugout drinking Gatorade. Like that—that that was his t-ball experience. He didn't want to go on the field. <laughs> he didn't care about the game. <coughs> He wanted to drink Gatorade on the bench.
2: Especially if you're like, if they make you play outfield, you might you spend more time like trying to catch bugs,
1: right? Yeah, or throwing grass <laughs> and dirt up in the air. Yeah. So again, I get. So I get.
2: I started off as an again. As back to what we were talking. about. Yeah, yeah. I, started, I got my associates, and back then it was. Um, you know, it, there wasn't a ma- bachelor's or a master's program available. Uh-huh. So, I, you know, you basically, was. I think it was the impression I got at the time was you got your associates and you even got a real degree.
1: Right. You know, in yeah. elementary
2: ed or something. We'll
1: humor you and for I, these first two years. But then we do, we'll humor you for these first yeah. two years. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically
2: <laughs> what it is. And I went, I went in and I, I, back then I taught with Head Start, but it was much more laid back. There wasn't all this school readiness or all this yeah. other junk that's kind of yeah. seeped into it. And I did that, and I think somehow I discovered that the colleges. I was from upstate New York, and the colleges were starting to offer a bachelor's program. And I went, you know, I went straight, went into that, got that, and then went finished that, and finished in the fall, went straight, and got my master's. Uh-huh. And I did before and after school programs, um, and you know, I, I got every bit of experience I could. I mean, even when I didn't have classes, I was going back to the school that I before and after school program, helping out in the kindergarten, the uh-huh. first grade. You know i you know wherever i could to get experience i did summer camps yeah. i just i wanted to you know and i did whatever i could and like i said and then from there you know and i like the fact that uh i mean and i'd like to think i've evolved i mean especially uh-huh. part of it being listening to podcasts like yours and uh child care bar and grill and uh-huh. I, I i think that's part of why i may not necessarily i might want to more go into the consulting because I think I get, get pushback because I'm pushing on the programs uh-huh. I've been in. And right. Like, no, 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 no. I really don't like that so much. And like, That's fine. exhausting. That's where I still yeah, am. <laughs> it is. I'm like, you know, maybe, and I just had a break and I'm like, maybe this is a good thing. Maybe uh-huh. I can, you know, look into other avenues and have more independence because it's just, I mean, I get a few people here and there that kind of follow along the same mindset and uh-huh. I, I felt like I, grabbed, I pulled some people along that way while I was in this last program, yeah. but for the most part, everybody's kind of, you know, especially, it was I had a lot of people I was working with that were elementary ed, and they still didn't, they they couldn't bring themselves down to that level, so right. trying to get them into the mindset of, okay, let this be a play-based environment was just kind of like, I had to get right. to a point where they really looked at early childhood at the way they should, and right. then going forward and, like, and I literally was like, this is exhausting. I can't get to the where they, <laughs> Stop looking at these kids as, you know, seven, nine, 10 year olds. And am like, listen, no, they're three year olds. Right. I mean, and just,
1: that's a valuable time in and of itself. We don't need to compare it to any other age group. Yeah. But I, think, I, think, that, I think people who have gone through that kind of evolution are really effective at consulting and training then because you're able to say, look, I've been where you were and here's oh yeah. the experiences I had that kind of led me along my path and,
2: and that's what makes me feel better when I when I listen to some of the packets, especially when I hear, like, yourself or Lisa go, you know, this is how I used to do mm-hmm. things. And I go, okay, so, you know, no, it's, no, it's not just me. Because I still remember <laughs> – I mean, I still run into this now where, I mean, um, I even do – one of the things I do is uh, CDA visits. You know, the, the – oh. the, 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 and I like going in and I try to coach the, the people that I'm going to uh-huh. do the visits on ahead of time. I, talk to, I probably do way more than I'm supposed to. Yeah. I try to. I coach the people, and I was just. I know there are more and more programs that are trying to go to a linear calendar kind of thing, mm-hmm. okay. and I like that because I think it's more developmentally appropriate, right? And, yeah. But there's still like teachers that I just was working at this last program. They're like, you know, they're like, what? No, they, I mean, and they still have the, you know,
1: the, the square on the wall. Yes. Yeah. All the I'm like Travis okay, calls follow, that playing wanna school. You want to follow the
2: curriculum that the the organization wants you to follow? Just open the book. Right. And it says right there. They like, use like this one program used a curriculum. It's like yeah. open the book. It says right in the book. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is not developmentally appropriate calendar is not developmentally yes. appropriate.
1: Yeah. Right. That calendar argument, man. All right. Uh, okay. they want Let's they do our quote. <laughs> Let's do okay, our okay, quote. So yeah, and then we'll do another one about school readiness and another one about <laughs> calendar and we'll get to all that stuff. But so for this one, I picked this one because it's been on my mind a lot lately. It fits right in with some some conversations I've been having with people. So this is from Rebecca Eames, and I don't know if it's from a book, or because I'm not familiar with, with Rebecca, but anyway. That's no, a, I don't
2: that's I'm not her know her name.
1: Yeah, um, but the quote is, so often children yeah. are punished for being human. None of us are perfect, and we must stop holding our children to a higher standard of perfection than we can attain ourselves.
2: Yeah, uh-huh. I I find, <laughs> I find it so interesting that I and mean, one of my pet fees when I've worked with early childhood educators is when someone says, "Well, they should know better." And I right. go, like, "Oh my God,
1: no! <laughs> you're three years and, okay, old. You just, should let's know better."
2: Simplify this to the simplest degree and go. Listen, you're 44, 34, 24. I don't care. I mean, even if you're, I mean, even if you're 14, right? You still have at least a decade, <laughs> if not two, three, four. I mean, I have four decades on most of the kids I've worked with, uh-huh. right? and I would. Those words have never come out of my mouth, even yeah. like. And I think why would they know
1: better? well, and even if they do know better, yeah, I mean that's that's one of the things I love. I don't know if you've read much Dan Gartrell, um he's yes. written a couple books about uh yeah. guidance, and I really love him, um but he always says, you know, switch from years old to months old instead of saying you're three years old, you should know better than that. think about he's got 36 months of experience yeah. on the earth and I have whatever 46 times 12 months of experience is and who should be held to the higher standard here. The the one with 36 months or the one with four, almost five decades. You know, that's a pretty easy sell. But the other thing with that, you should know better is knowing what's right and having the willpower, self-control, discipline, integrity, whatever you want to call it to do it is very hard for a lot of grown-ups so I mean anyone who's ever tried to change to a healthier diet or exercise more or stop smoking or change something about their life can tell you I know the reasons I should do it that doesn't mean it's easy to do every day Um, but yet we expect children you, you know you know not to hit I should never see you hitting again right it doesn't work that way
2: no, yeah, it's just it's. We expect someone who has less control over their emotions, less able to label their own emotions,
1: right? Less,
2: I mean, less experiences to understand and mold those those behaviors or those attitudes, those self beliefs or whatever the case, whatever terminology you want to throw in there. Uh-huh. But they, I mean, you wouldn't I, you wouldn't expect someone who's brand new to a job, someone who's I don't know, who works on airplanes, <laughs> a technician who's got 30 years on the job to say, you know what, this person just started yesterday, you know, yeah. and this plane needs a lot of work, but we feel comfortable that he can handle it. And we're going to let this, you know, <laughs> Southwest airplane fly to Florida, but you know, <laughs> they'll be all right.
1: <laughs> they'll be fine. But. Cause this guy knows better. This guy knows. <laughs> he's got it. You know, yeah.
2: he, he, he's seen an airplane before. Yeah. I showed up where the parts go. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, but. I always think about how many times I hear teachers Adults really of any kind, parents, it doesn't have to be in an early childhood specific setting, but adults talk about um, joking about speeding or um, oh yeah those kinds of things. And we can make justifications. You know, the, the speed limits are there for safety or whatever, but, you know, there wasn't anybody there and I know what I'm doing and everybody speeds a little and, you know, they don't give you a ticket until you're 10 miles over the speed limit. We can make all those justifications, but heaven forbid... A three four or five year old you know wine because they didn't get their color cup they wanted at lunchtime and they're saying right. you know we can make all kinds of justifications for ourselves but we're not willing to do that when a child is struggling with something
2: no it's, it's as if we expect to just say something and the child's going to automatically do it without question yeah they don't have a personality I mean, we're not asking siri or whatever <laughs> the google uh, you know equivalent is to just yeah. simply follow a directive they're an yeah. individual they i mean i think we almost not directly but almost in, unintentionally treat them with a, a lot less respect than they you know feel yeah. like that they deserve i mean yeah. that's one of the things, like I said, one of the classes I teach for the Red Cross is a babysitting class, and I really like it because it has this whole childcare aspect to it. It even mm-hmm. goes over developmentally appropriate practice and how to handle conflicts. Wow. And I still, still remember the reaction I got out of one little boy in a class, and he's like, what do I do if a child is having a tantrum? And I just looked at him and said, let him. <laughs> and the kid looked at me like, what are you, you, you what? Yeah. Like, what do you expect <laughs> you going to do? He's yeah. like, don't I have to do this No, no just yeah. treat it like he's having a seizure. Give it five <laughs> Make sure minutes, it's safe. Let it run its course and then you know what? I mean but I mean the right. same thing, I like if we said if a person if your your best friend or you know, neighbor, cousin, yeah. aunt, whatever the cousin got upset about something and you just and they wanted to vent and rant about something, most of us would just sit back and go,
1: Okay. Yeah.
2: And nod your head and but if a child does it it's oh my God, we have to put a stop yeah. to this right now.
1: there's so much there's so much that is impacted negatively in our interactions with children that comes from feeling like we have to be the ones in control and the ones who yes. have power. And I think if we and I know it's hard, but if we could just somehow get that idea of power and I'm more important than you out of those relationships, our interactions would be so much easier, and we would be less stressed out. If we just allowed ourselves to be humans together,
2: <laughs> and I I I'm going to like a block area with this little girl who just didn't want to go over and eat lunch with the rest of the kids, uh-huh. and I just and she had jumped, she had knocked something over or done something else, and I just walked over and I sat down. She said, "Leave me alone!" I'm like, "I can't." And your teacher said you were yeah. being safe, so I gotta come over and sit down with you. Yeah. she's you know, and she I just sat there, and then I go, "You look really angry," and she's like, "Yeah, I am," and she's like, started. <laughs> She pounded her fist on the ground, I'm like, it was like I made some reference to the Hulk or something, and that led to a breaking of the ice, and then she, you know, did a headstand. and I knew she was being safe, but I just let her uh-huh. do her thing, and, and then eventually she stopped, and I'm like, hey, are you hungry? She's like, yeah. yeah. I'm like, do you want to go eat? She goes, yeah. I'm like, don't, Do you wash your hands before you do that? She goes, yeah, sure. And she yeah. walked over, washed her hands, and sat down.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, when you think about how little children have control over in their lives, Basic decisions like do I go to the table now or can I finish what I'm doing in the block area before I go to the table may not seem like a big deal but I guarantee you if if you or I sat down and wrote down everything that we did from the time we got out of bed till the time we went to bed again at night and marked how often it was our choice or our decision or we had control and then did the same thing with a child we would be astonished. Yeah. And, and and maybe that would give us some perspective, like, oh, that's why there's so much resistance when <laughs> it's time to change activities. They yeah. just don't have any control or power.
2: Right. And I like I said I said that I said <coughs> that almost at the beginning, of almost every babysitting class, when I do a bunch of kids, I go, Yeah. If you wanna have the least amount of time the least the least frustrated and the most enjoyable experience while you're babysitting, I go, I'll give you some clear tips. Uh-huh. First of all, I'll give if somebody has a tantrum, just let them. <laughs> Second of all, if you hear the word no let it stop, make sure don't take it personally. Uh-huh. I'm like, especially the younger the child is. I'm like, and I say, make that same, same argument. I go, yeah. imagine, think of how many times in a given day somebody makes a decision for you mm-hmm. and then multiply that times like a hundred. Yeah. Or, I mean, if it's a toddler, for instance, I go, think about the first two years of their life. I, go, I, I think I use the analogy of the comparison. Like, how many of you take a foreign language and, you know, the kids will raise their hand. I go, what are you more likely to say? In a foreign language, something – a word you've heard continuously over and over, this continuous repetition of, or okay. something you're very familiar with. i uh-huh. are like, oh, yeah, something I know real well. I'm like, why do you think a child may say no so much? Right. I'm like, I've seen plenty of children walk around the room <laughs> or climb upstairs, and like, no, 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 no. They're not talking to anybody. They just heard that word
1: more no <laughs> often Right, they're just trying it out. So, you know, yeah, I've seen
2: even experienced teachers go, you said no. I'm like, yeah, so what? Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, because we spend – in the first few years of their lives telling them don't so say no to me don't say no to grown-ups yeah. but then suddenly we're like okay we're gonna send you to school say no to drugs and say no to bad touches and say no <laughs> yes. to strangers but god damn it don't say it to me
2: <laughs> i almost think i think i want to start making the comparison in some like workshop and such is making a comparison like imagine that child imagine yourself when you are thinking of that child imagine you you're a foreign diplomat you have diplomatic immunity <laughs> you know <laughs> like yeah. you go to another country you don't know all the rules you don't know uh-huh. all the laws you know there's a certain bit of discretion as yeah. far as you know, how you're treated why can't we just have the same with children they haven't exactly. learned all the nuances of life and the rules and yeah. basic things that we have- take for granted that oh everybody should know right so you know and i you know it's uh, and i have to remember that that they the whole social emotional component
1: oh boy yes. I,
2: That we all want, everybody. We want all these kids. I I think it's so many teachers, so many early childhood teachers are worried about. Is that I hear the oh we got to have them ready for kindergarten. Oh we got to have this is what's going to do with kindergarten. I think I said something recently. Why are we blindly just accepting that? Why aren't we? Why can't we say push back and say Mm -hmm. listen? Maybe we don't want to do it this way. Right. Just because somebody else. You know, speeds as means. Of, oh, yeah, hey, they, they, let's go they're speed too. they it. I'll do it
1: too. Yeah, and I, you know, you, have I can go on and on about readiness and and the, the idea that we we just sit back and say, oh, okay, that's what somebody else wants. Well, it doesn't really fit what I've learned, but we'll do it because it's what somebody wants. Right. No way. Let's do the right thing. Let's step up and do the right thing for kids. I think that's
2: why so many teachers have trouble think, instilling critical thinking into the children they yeah. work with. Is because they don't use it themselves.
1: Right. You know, this is something Lisa Murphy and I have talked about is, can you teach adults to think critically? Like, is that something that we could do as some sort of training or workshop? Introducing to to the process of critical thinking? Me too. And so this is great because um, I'm going to be sending you some quotes from a book by Stephen Brookfield. (laughs) Because that's (laughs) that's one thing I want to explore on an episode of the podcast is um, critical thinking for adults and why have we either forgotten how to do it or has it been beaten out of us and... How do we get it back? Because that's what children need is adults who can look at a practice and say, you know, why does this bother me if it's bothering me? And um, look at an expectation. Is that a reasonable expectation? Hear something in a training that doesn't match what you're doing in the classroom and think that through. Um, I mean, that's that's what's missing, I think, right now from so many programs is they're either afraid to or they've forgotten how to. Think critically think, through things.
2: I think one of the biggest things I got pushback from with the head start I was just at, and I, I, when when they said, "Well, it's, it's not a good fit," and you know, well, they did it with other managers too. And uh-huh. I walked out. And my wife's like, you're, "You're taking this pretty well." I'm like, "I actually feel kind of relieved."
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: I, it's part, um, like, yeah, it's a part. I'm like, "Yes, I'm disappointed that this there's this change, and I have to go. You know, I have to do things." you know, but. I, I can think of a number of people I've heard, you know, uh, situations where other people I've known or, heard, you know, within the field or whatever the case may be, said, okay, well, I had this drastic change in my life, and this is what led to me to be able mm-hmm. to do this, um, was that I got so much pushback with uh, hearing the concept, hearing the, 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 the saying, uh, well, that's how we've always done it, or that's how
1: ah, we used to yeah.
2: And I'm, and I'm like, and I want to say, so the hell what? <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> you I'm know like, what else people used to do? Like,
2: I want to say, you know, the, you know, Albert Einstein's definition of insanity is yes. doing the same thing over and over again and expecting yeah. a different result. Yeah. Like, well, if we're continually doing the same thing with these kids and that child keeps do, acting this behavior, then maybe we need to change the damn environment.
1: Exactly. <laughs> or what, or our expectations or whatever. I know I always think of, um, uh, you know, they also used to think that putting leeches on somebody was the best way to deal with a fever. What, right. Where would we be if our attitude had been, well, that's what we've always done. We've always or, treated fevers or, yeah. with leeches?
2: <laughs> I mean, oh, you know, yeah, the whole, anything concerning mental health, I like, mean, mm-hmm. we still kept doing that to say, oh, you know what? He's, he's, uh, he's unbalanced. We'll just put a, you know, 1500 volts of electricity in. Right. Into
1: it. <laughs> I know. Yeah. That'll so fix it. At some point, we have to stop and reflect about why we're doing it the way we're doing it and if that's the most effective way to do it. Um, So I want to go back for a minute to you. You started to talk about social emotional uh, development, and I think that's a big piece of what came to mind when I read this quote. Um, You know, they're punished for being human. Um, We're holding them to standards of perfection that we can't meet ourselves. I don't know a whole lot of adults who handle their strong feelings appropriately all the time. Um, But we think
2: of road rage. Yeah. Or yes. people who, you know, you know, lose control, people that go, go to anger management. But, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's you get counseling for that and they, yeah. they don't seem to be, oh, they have to deal with it. They're, you know,
1: yeah. Um, yeah. Or yeah, even just, um, you know, being upset at a ch- something a child's done and taking that personally, um, whether it's saying no or whether it's, you know, this comes up a lot for me when teachers are upset that a child has hit them. And I try to say hitting is the behavior. Hitting is what we should focus on. It's not worse because he hit you than because he hit another child, and that's a whole big thing. But um,
2: that's like the whole concept of asking a child why they did something.
1: Yeah, I don't know because I-, I was mad.
2: Uh, as I said, why I say, you know, let's say that one of the other things I, one of the things I use at the beginning of all my babysitting classes, we're not sure like avoid frustration, like avoid being upset about the word no if the child uh-huh. says
1: no. Uh-huh. Have
2: realistic expectations yeah. of what that child can do. Yeah. And I mean also if the child does something and you just go okay? It's <laughs> it's not personal, or don't ask them why because they go yeah. oh, I don't know right. because
1: they don't damn no <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, or like how many times has an adult done something?
2: Well, why did you do that? And I, somebody <laughs> goes I don't I don't know. Yeah, and we just accept it,
1: right? Yeah.
2: But so when well, a child says that, they have to have this detailed answer, right? So and we like take have them to write for a, a lecture.
1: And they have to make eye contact us with, us, with us the whole time right. and be facing us and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So uh, there's some one of the things I like to do, and I think I did a blog post about this. When I'm talking to a group of teachers about helping children with their behavior, I've got like a matching game where the one column is different developmental mistakes. And the second column are all inappropriate responses to discipline that I've heard people say like, um, oh, well, I've got it right here. Hold on. As I reach behind. So like one column is, you know, so when children put a puzzle piece in the wrong place or they say my shoes are farkly instead of sparkly or they write a letter in their name backwards or they wet their pants Or they skip five and six when they're trying to count to ten. So that's the first column. And the second column is teachers should take away outside time. Tell them they know better than that. Remind them you've told them how to do it many times. Ask them if that's a good decision. And so I'll give this to them and I'll say, right, you know, draw a line from the behavior on one side to the appropriate response on the other side. And they all look at it for a while before I finally say, okay, that was a trick. Because because none of the second column are appropriate responses to any of those developmental mistakes in the first column. And everybody's response is, yeah, I wouldn't punish a kid for writing their letter backwards when they're writing their name. I'd give them practice, and I'd show them how, and I'd model, and I'd think, well, maybe they're not old enough. I was like, okay, so then why do you fight so hard when we say those are the things you should do with the social and emotional skill mistakes that are leading to these behaviors you're seeing? All we're saying is... Help help them learn to do it better, but we're so programmed to need revenge and justice, and we can't just let them get away with it. Um, so I, I like to watch their faces as that all evolves. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely true. And I have you know I
2: I, I, saw, I read this article by an economist years ago only because I'm to draw my attention because it was he was writing about. What you know? It was a connection to early childhood, and uh-huh. I have to look it up. I don't know how many years ago it was, but he was he was, doing, he was talking about the struggles he was having doing a job training class. Uh-huh. And he his, 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 the synopsis of the article was just basically the things, the fundamental things that we should be teaching in early childhood. You know, the learning them to manage their feelings and all the social emotional skills that we uh-huh. refer to are things that these grown adults lack. Right? And he's like, how are that? How am I supposed to train train them to how? how to get a job yep. when the fundamental things they need to just to get through their daily lives they are lacking
1: right we focus so much on teaching them a very limited number of cognitive skills that they we feel like need they need to be ready for kindergarten but right. we don't give them those bigger skills that they need for like life right. <laughs> we ignore all of that and we hold and i them.
2: think that gets progressively worse than as they get out of, you know, again, to elementary school, uh-huh. just, you know, it, at each grade seems to siphon that out a little bit more.
1: Uh-huh.
2: And yeah. then it's, and, and, and you get, then you get to a point where it's just, well, yeah, he's a troubled child, we need to send him to counseling. But well, yeah. you know what, maybe if we did something preventive. <laughs> And laid the foundation for right. and yeah. when they were in preschool or toddlers and the baby. And just
1: focused on meeting their needs instead of turning them into something we thought they'd need in three years. Um, that just drives me crazy. I so I, I just found out. So my daughter Josie's twenty two now. And in high school, both my kids, of course, you know, were not fall in line and obey. <laughs> And they were encouraged to think outside the box. And every morning they'd leave for school and I'd say, just play the game. And when you come home, we'll undo it all.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think I've heard you say
1: that before. Just do what you need to do to get through the day. Um, But I just found out that one of Josie's teachers in high school, you know, she was pushing back a little bit about something and she didn't remember what it was even. But her teacher looked at her and said this, intending it as an insult. It's obvious you were never spanked as a child. (laughs) She was like, yeah, I've never been spanked, grounded, or put in timeout. Yeah. But he intended that as an insult because she had the audacity to speak back or to question something she was hearing in the classroom. He's like, shit, that's what I raised her to do. Hey, I mean. That's what she needs in the world. That's what. Yeah. No, it's not. It's what not is it? If she can't what tie her it? shoes, saw- who cares? There's Velcro. You know what I mean, like readiness just drives me crazy.
2: Right. I think – what is it? I um, – oh, God. I was – you know, it's funny. I, I, I told my wife, I go, I'm definitely too into this – I don't know if I'm too into this field or too much of a workaholic or if it's both. <laughs> I think it's – I'm a workaholic because of the field. Yeah. But I'm like I, – I use Facebook, as, for example, more for looking, hey – did this group on Facebook, or did uh, you know this podcast come out that I want to listen to uh-huh. more than? And, hey, hey, my cousin Monica's birthday. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> right. I'm yes. Yep. More than my relatives are doing that. Yeah. Hey, I just found this another article on on this. Yeah. I remember seeing something um, where they they had somebody did a study with a gauged where all the valedictorians where yes. were five years afterwards.
1: Yeah. I didn't read it, but I saw the headline. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and like they weren't
2: like they weren't they, they were they were I mean they were in jobs that were successful but they weren't like innovators they were right. they were just kind of they, yeah, it's kind of like that 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 uh with star football player who yeah peaked in high school uh-huh.
1: and then psh, right and Uncle the same Rico thing with the from Napoleon Dynamite. And such <laughs>
2: and the classroom. they they you know they they did they played the game and yep. and I, I and, and I can't criticize because that's how I was in high school sure I was okay. And I, was, I heard Jeff was in one podcast teasing Josie about that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I, want, I wanted to send a message and go, Josie, don't worry, that was me too. <laughs> right, yeah,
1: yeah. No, but Jos- like, Josie knows. I think,
2: broken, <laughs> I think I've broken out of that since then. I mean, at least I'm trying to. Yeah. I'm not for sure how far yeah. along I am. Yeah. But I'm, that's something I've worked on. But I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'd am like, i rather be like, you know, this didn't work out and say, you know, part ways with an organization because it wasn't what I thought it would yeah. be that uh, – Go yeah, I'm gonna just kind of churn out the same kids and the same attitude mm-hmm. that everybody else is doing. I'm like right. no, because I don't think that way.
1: Right, or I'm not gonna rock the boat, even though I know this is wrong practice, because I just need to be safe. You know, right. when when we're that may work when you're working with numbers or you know, some desk job or something like that. But when you're working with children and right. you know that the, de- the decisions you make day to day about what you expect from them and how you treat them and how you interact with them and what opportunities you give them are going to affect the rest of their lives. In addition right. to the quality of their life right now, because I'm, I'm as concerned about their quality of their life when they're washing their hands for the 14th time that day, as I am, you know, where they end up in 20 years. That's a huge responsibility, and we can't afford to just play it safe and mm-hmm. and sit back and be comfortable. And so, I, I have a real low tolerance for that. Even though I understand, I understand the need for safety and stuff, but I that's just never been my practice. I, I think, and I don't think
2: it's intentionally people being complacent or just being. And I, I guess I guess it was hard. I, I, I it's gonna be it's gonna seem kind of mean, but I even said <laughs> this to a, a person that I worked with because of her divorce that she went through and i just went i said to her i'm like listen heather i'm sorry and this is going to sound really mean but uh-huh. i think that part of the issue you had with this your marriage is that you were sheep
0: oh yeah yeah because
2: she was just i mean some of the things that i heard that went on and the this lack of social emotional connection between just the two of them uh-huh. and i'm like why
1: yeah i
2: mean i can't i i mean i'm i came through a, a bad divorce but my ex is an, was an alcoholic and i'm uh-huh. like I reached a breaking point. That you know what, better for worse, only covers so much, right? And I reached Same. the point and said, okay, you know what, done. <laughs> and I, I mean, I think I shocked everybody because up until that point in my life, I was just kind of like, I was kind of, I felt like I kind of sheep too. I went uh-huh. along with it. I'm like, okay, 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 I'll deal with it. I'll deal with it. I'll deal right. with it. I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to get divorced it. And I just reached the point with no. no, 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 no. This is well, done. I and I think and the this familiar day, is I mean, always
1: less scary, even if even if we know there's something wrong with the familiar, which. You know, I just got out of a very long marriage that I knew was not going well for a long time and just stuck around with it because that familiarity is safe. Yeah. And the same thing when you're working in this job, what you what you're familiar with and what you know is your daily schedule. And this has worked with kids before um, it is it has an element of safety and any kind of change has an element of risk. And um, I I think, yeah, I don't think it comes from a bad place. When people right. are complacent or don't want to rock the boat, I think it just comes from a comfortable place that we need to shake up a little bit sometimes. And I, I think honestly, and
2: again, I think part of it's just if so many people are just not used to thinking critically about right. their situation, they don't see. I, I, I it's almost like cognitive ignorance. It's just uh-huh. they don't realize there's something wrong. Yeah. So they why change something if things seem like you're used to what you get up, you know, Uh you, and that's the other thing that, where this quote reminds me of, yeah, we, we, I've seen plenty of adults who, when their routine is thrown off how how disruptive. I still remember my my parents buying a new house, and my father used to his routine. He knew the makeup of the house. He got up, he checked the, he checked the stock market, he wanted the computer, checked, the, he did this, and uh-huh. this, and this, and then then he they bought a new house. They wanted it. and he got up, and he was just very disoriented for a while. But we expect <laughs> that you know that if we if we do that to a child. Look, like, yeah, well, they'll be all right. Right. Wait a minute. There's some not magic wand that you wave. He's
1: very smart. He'll be able to handle this change.
2: Yeah. Let's completely disrupt the whole day. Yeah. And just kind of assume that they'll be okay with it. Yeah. But as adults, we have trouble with it.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Double standard. So to pull it back, because I try to, and we're we're at 40 minutes now. Boy, that went fast. (laughs) (laughs) That's always so crazy to me when I look at the time. But so I like to try and end it with. You know, we've done our preaching, we've done our soapboxing, but now what takeaways can we have or what what advice could we offer to someone who's thinking about this quote? And I think part of it is just perspective. Practice taking some perspective. Look at look at the areas of your life or how you respond to change or do you always follow rules or are there times when you deviate? And just try to offer some of that as empathy. Yeah, there's a,
2: there's a lack of reflection. yeah. And I think one of the things that I I pushed with the staff that I recently had is what I want you guys to meet weekly, not just you guys don't have a formal meeting or anything like that. But if nothing else, I mean, the the program I had had a a form of things that they wanted them to, hey, check off the things that you reviewed. And I (laughs) tweaked it. Good. And said, you know, even if you don't talk about any of these other things, I put something in bold. Reflect.
1: Uh-huh. I'm like,
2: I'm, I said, well, this is mandatory. I want you, all of you, every week, to at least find some part of your day or some part of your week that you can look at and go, "How well did this work? Could I've yeah. done this differently? How did the child react?" Reflect to some extent on yeah. what you you what, you what your actions were, so that you know. Otherwise, you just go in this perpetual cycle.
1: Yeah. I think reflecting falls in there with critical thinking. You're not you don't always get a lot of experience with that from bosses or schools or, you know, you don't get permission to go through that process. And so a lot of us either are out of the habit or are sort of afraid to do it. Um, But but it's so easy. Yeah. Just pick one thing. Okay. Let's talk about the block area this week. How do we feel like things went? And why do we think it went that way? And um, did I contribute to some stress? Did I contribute something great that I want to keep doing? and that's that's all all it is, is is spending a little time with some with those things you've been doing
2: i think based on your quote i think it's a good idea i think i liked what you said earlier about you know there should be a workshop and <laughs> i think there, i think it would be good to have workshop and critical thinking and and i think i almost every it's funny everything i hear something in one of the podcasts i think yours and others i like i'll be driving in the car and i'll pause <laughs> the podcast put up click on the notes up on my phone and like speak into it like you give a workshop for this. Yes. Yeah, yeah. that's why
1: phone. I've had to stop listening to podcasts in the car because um, it was taking me forever to get through them because I'd have to pause and then get my phone out. And I don't like to do anything with my phone anyway when I'm driving. And so um, I really think what I need is it's an assistant button. to drive me to drive around in my car with me and just write things down If yeah. I'm listening to a podcast. I say, mm-hmm. OK, write that down. Write that one down. OK, did you get that? That's what Wait, I I got
2: the, I've, had, I've had. I know I know that I've done that with yours. I've done that with um, a guy just recently with somebody else's. Yeah. Maybe um, Keisha and uh, mm-hmm. Barb. I, I'm like, OK, I'm like, I, and I, I get the phone <laughs> out and I like I hit the speaker function. But and I'm at like the stoplight. Yeah. Think of a workshop idea. for <laughs> blah, 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 and I'll spit it out. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Go.
1: Yeah. Or sometimes I don't get the full thought and then I'm looking at the note later and I was like, I don't know what this means. Apparently something hit me, like, but I don't remember what it was. I don't know what it means. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh,
2: I think that's the key. I think we. I think there has to be a movement. Um, I don't know how that would go about, but I think there does need to be, like, some uh, a consensus, a movement, maybe to just try to instill critical thinking uh-huh. and reflectiveness. The the concept, and I know they I think them as cousins of one another, but to kind of, you know, take them and really push that because that's not something uh-huh. they teach. In, in school, it's not like they're... And
1: in some cases, you're discouraged and punished Yeah, for critical thinking or reflective practice, because I know it's that not... I,
2: wasn't, I grew up in a very... My father's full-blooded Italian. He came from... <laughs> he came over from Italy when he was 12, and then my grandmother was like, you did this, yeah. You did yeah. Otherwise, you had a pot through that. You
1: were... <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah.
2: <laughs> and that's how my father was, and uh-huh. my father, you know, he, he, did, he this is what happened right and I remember hitting a point where I was like no and that Uh caused a lot of issues with between my father for a number of years sure why no I don't want to do it that way Uh you know not like make me or I'm you don't you can't tell me what to do it's like no I don't think this right I just have a different idea about it (laughs) I mean I I remember having fights with him about like my nephew going why are you treating him like that like Mm -hmm. I'm like and almost walking out like no mom I gotta leave I'm fed up she's like what happened I'm like we bumped heads again <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep all right so any last thoughts about the quote because I think we got to wrap this one up too I you kind of just gave some but is there anything else you were hoping to be able to fit in
2: um no again I think it's, it's back to that just promoting critical thinking in the yeah. teachers because we really I think it's something that considering especially our political climate it oh, needs yeah. to be and it really promoted because right.
1: it's and just it's practicing a, some perspective it's on the extinction taken. list yeah yeah that's true extinct and going extinct yep um okay well this was great i uh, look forward to having you on again i hope you're open to that oh and- <laughs> yeah definitely that's a great time um thanks for joining us for this and you guys thanks for listening to another episode and hopefully you'll come back again next week for the next one bye
0: and that's the show now go get your nerd on Hey, we need your support to keep the podcasts flowing. Go to ExplorationsEarlyLearning.com slash support to learn how. One of the big things you can do is shop Amazon with the link we provide. You buy your cat food, you buy your kids' books, you buy whatever it is you buy on Amazon. You pay the regular price. We get a small percentage of it. Everybody wins. A lot of people are doing it. It really supports the shows, and we really appreciate it. Give it a try. Thanks.